You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. Go Wild has recently partnered with Mountain Tough for a free 30-day workout program designed to get you in shape for turkey season called the Go Wild Challenge. Download Go Wild to sign up and let everyone know in a Go Wild post that you're joining us. Then, each time you do a workout, tag Go Wild and Mountain Tough to hold yourself accountable. Also, Go Wild will be attending the Great American Outdoor Show February 4th through the 12th. If you're in the area, stop by booth 412, meet the guys, and learn all about Go Wild. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. I'm Paul Campbell. Join me as we dive into the world of turkey hunting. Every episode, we'll explore the minds of the finest turkey hunters around. We'll take a look at the people, the places, the tactics, gear, and the culture that creates the mystique around America's favorite bird. That's right. I said it. America's favorite bird, the wild turkey. Throw on your turkey vest. Grab your box call. Let's talk some turkey. How to Hunt Turkeys podcast brought to you by Go Wild. Visit timetogowild.com or download the app on iOS or Android. Go Wild has all the gear the wild turkey hunter needs. Camo clothes, hats, vests, turkey calls, decoys, and everything else. Sign up for a free account today and get $10 off your first order. Timetogowild.com. Wicked North Gear, delivering the very best gear for a life well lived in the great outdoors. From field kits and DIY tax derby solutions, uh, hats, hoodies, stickers, and which more. Which I don't know if that's how, how you are on some level. You know, I, I, I talk about it every day at least. Um, and I don't know if it's like that for everyone, but I think for 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 new 
for new hunters, man, I feel like understanding the, the culture and kind of the the reason that the turkey hunters hunt. And I was talking to Hunter Farrier, and it's it's hard to explain that to people that aren't turkey hunters. Like, why do you turkey? Hunt? I think Colonel Kelly said it best. I, well, because I have to. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the that's the only good answer yeah, I can. Absolutely. I, yeah, that's the only good reason because I have to. I I, I can't not imagine a spring where I'm not turkey hunting. I mean, I, I, I would be on death's doorstep, you know, and, and I'm going to crawl out there is, is one For last sure. time and, yeah. and, and hopefully die in the Turkey woods, I guess. But so what, what's that like, like for you, man, what's <laughs> that, what's that culture like for you? Yeah. There's something, uh, religious about Turkey hunting, um, for sure. I mean, there's something that's, uh, it's unavoidable. It's if it's springtime, then, then you know where you can find me and there's, that's not ever change. It's not ever going to change, most likely. Um, it's not like that with anything else, like you said. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if it's the dialogue, the interaction, the the, the communication. Um, there's just a, a little bit more of a like an intimate feel when it comes to uh to hunting them. Um yeah, it's I don't I can't put my finger on it. I don't have a word that's going to describe it, and I don't think anybody does. And that's why literature um, is a little heavier in the turkey hunting circles um, because um, everybody's trying to put their finger on what it is about turkey hunting that makes it different, that makes it special, that makes it, like I said, almost a religion. Um, and nobody can, and everybody keeps trying. We we all are uh, trying to. Uh, uh, create this web of words that's going to kind of make somebody feel what we feel when it comes to spring turkey hunting. And uh, while there's some guys that, that do it better than others, I don't think anybody's been able to accurately describe that um, emotion that it brings to you. So um, as far as an answer as to what, why, and why is turkey hunting different? I don't have like a concrete answer. I don't, like I said, I'm not sure anybody does. But, um, but yeah, there's definitely a different air around turkey hunting when compared to everything else. You know, I would, I would agree with that there. You can't, you can't answer it and you know, you can, anyone can just answer the question, but it's not, it's not the full reason, uh, you know, behind it. And, and I know for me, the first time I heard a wild turkey gobble on, on my second or third hunt something just changed in me completely. And I, I can't explain what it was because I don't really know. Uh, but man, it's been something that drives me, uh, you know, in the spring to just madness. And um, I'm here for it. And I hope I get, if I could do it for a million years, man, I I, I would. So. Yeah, sure thing. Sure thing. And, and, and the more um, from what I've learned just through experience, the more, um, I don't know the word here either, but it's something to, to do with uh, the more connected, like the, the least amount of, um, if you do, don't dilute the process, I guess is what I'm saying. Like if you, if you keep it between you and the bird as much as possible, I feel like that, that connection, that, um, that direct line of, um, Yeah, that I don't know. That interaction just seems more pure, and it's just like every time that you are able to have that experience. I don't know. It's just more meaningful. It's more consuming, almost. Um, and 
that's just kind of like you do this and unfortunately the the animal you know the the bird has to die you know for the definition of success you know um and every time he does you almost like man that was such a a religious ordeal how can i get more out of it if he's got to die how can i get more out of it and um i think that's what we're all doing a lot at least most of us many of us are just trying to figure out um every time that we uh were afforded the opportunity to to play ball with one of them how do we get more out of that experience um because once he's gone he's, he's not coming back and then you know of course we're all uh very uh motivated right now to make sure we got plenty more of them um, and uh, with the conservation talk and the in the situations with the population, so I think everybody is just kind of uh, consumed by the wild turkey. Uh, we want to get more out of each experience, and we want to make sure that there's plenty of experiences in the future. So, pretty cool thing, pretty cool time to be involved with with wild turkey in any facet. Yeah, it it. It really is. And just for, for you and I, point that I want to make about kind of the cultural nuances between, you know, deer hunting, you know, the most popular form of hunting in the country and, and turkey hunting. And Brent Rogers mentioned this the other day. And, you know, deer deer hunting is so focused on the trophy and it's the antler size and how many antler points and and all of these things. And that's been the focus for for people. I know for me, man, some of the best hunts that I've had just a hard goblin turkey man back and forth and and you know you're in the game you know you're in the battle and he comes out and he's got you know like a, a six inch beard or whatever it is you know if that's the the measurement that you that you want to throw out and it, it doesn't matter to me you know and it's the it's the challenge it's the back and forth it's the goblin it's the strut and the drum and all these things that you know we'll talk about but it's the the trophy aspect for me uh, is not a part of my turkey hunting. And I think I'm, I'm happier for that. I know some people that's important to them. I could care less, man. Yeah. And I think like when we started the Pinhoti project, that was our motto. That was, I think it's still on our website or I know it was, it may be on our YouTube channel. I can't remember. Um, but it was, um, essentially, and I'm going to butcher this, but I, cause I can't remember it verbatim but it's more or less um, focusing on the journey that it takes to get there rather than the prize, rather than the trophy. Yeah. Um, because hunting, like you said, I think people get more consumed with the journey and the people who get consumed with the journey, they're just going to be better at it. They're just going to enjoy it more. They're just going to get more out of it. Um, it's not the end end goal. It's not the end result. It's not the pile of feathers or, or cold meat, which is all you're left with. It's the journey that it takes to get there. And that was kind of the motto that we set with the um, with the videos that we were going to start putting out there because we knew that the footage wasn't going to be stellar. We knew that it was we were turkey hunters with a video camera. We weren't videographers and we still aren't. Um, I hope it's gotten a little better just through trial and error. But um, that, I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be a videographer. You know, I didn't want to. That's not the feel that I wanted to give the viewers. I wanted to put the viewers there, but and, and we're just turkey hunters, and I wanted to be just like them because it's, I am. And so I wanted that feeling, and I wanted that content to show the journey and to show the um the strategies and the and just that emotion and that connection that you have from the whole process, from showing up all the way to the finish. And if it winds up with a dead turkey, fine. 
Um, but that's not what I wanted it to be centered around. I didn't want there to be, I didn't want there to be people let down if there wasn't a kill shot captured because there might not be. Um, here again, we're turkey hunters with video cameras, you know, so, um, you know, that was one of the main, um, kind of mottos that we centered the Penhody project around and the content around that, uh, there was kind of two, it was that one and the, the, the idea that, um, you know, this, what we did, our success was defined by effort, not by, you know, basically anybody could do it is what we want to say, you know, um, you know, success defined by effort, not by fortune. So, you know, sure. You can pay your way to a lot of these, um, a lot of the successes that we've had, a lot of the goals that we've reached, um, but uh, effort is is makes it possible. So um, that was kind of the two things that the Penhody project was um, grounded in. That's a good that's a good quote. I want to say it again. Success defined by effort, not by fortune. I mean, that's that mm -hmm. uh, that's really the heart and soul, I think, of 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 what it means to be a turkey hunter and and, and why we do it. You know, and but sure. there's a billion things that branch off of that, but that's, that's a really good one. And, you know, years ago, years ago, I got to the point where it's, it's, you know what, man, I came home empty handed and that's okay. I had a freaking great time in the woods, man. I pushed myself. I, I saw places in my own state that I've never seen before that I might be the first human that's walked in there in 80 years. And that's cool. You heard some turkeys and there's just so much, there's so much to it. And, and I, I, man, that's a good, that's a good quote. I like that. Did you come up with that or did? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we uh, and that's part of our. I don't even know what I did with my phone, but um, we have it on. I think it's on the website. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just I do a lot of thinking. I think anybody that follows the Penhody Project knows that, especially with the cigar talk, and especially when I'm by myself or the long hours on the road, and it's kind of a known thing that I spend a lot of hours on the road, and I don't listen to music very often. Um, it's just, I don't listen to music. I think I listen to the tires roll and I think, and I just, I'm consumed by wild turkeys to the point where that's all I'm thinking about. I'm thinking, you know, um, just frankly, it used to be how I could get in front of another one, but now since I've done kind of transitioned into this capturing the whole experience and sharing it with people, a lot of times my mind is now rolling around with how can I illustrate the emotions and the um everything that goes into turkeys so that if somebody's watching this that has never experienced it before how could they get it you know get it so to speak like how can they feel what i'm feeling and love it as much as i do because i know if we have an army of individuals that love wild turkeys and hunting them and just in general uh, the way I do, the way you do, um, we're never going to have to worry about being without them. And um, that's a lot of times what's rolling around in my head now. While I'm on the road, how can I capture this process to show the admiration that we as turkey hunters have for wild turkeys and not seem crazy, <laughs> not seem delusional, and, and people yeah. just think this guy's a a go path of some sort, you know. So one of the 
one of the things that I've noticed over the the last couple of years, and I've been watching videos on on Pinhody Project of of you for 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 some years, and uh, I've noticed that you're on the camera more, filming other people more than you have in in years past. Is that is that part of the transition? Well, it's just a part of that. Um, no matter what you say, and no matter how the viewers say or how somebody else says, you know. Um, people want to see turkeys and they want to see the process and they're only going to watch the back of your head for so long. And when I've got the camera in my hand, the footage quality goes up considerably. <laughs> um, it's really hard to self-film. And even when you do capture a self-film hunt successfully, it's really hard to get, you know, the, uh, the subject zoomed in focused properly. And that's what people really want to see. Um, we started at the top, like I said earlier, saying that that's not going to be what this is centered around. And still to this day, um, capturing the kill shot is maybe a little bit more important to me, but it's not necessary. I'm cutting fish right now to where it just didn't happen, you know, and it just the way it happens sometimes. But um, when I've got the video camera in my hands rather than on a tripod beside me and I'm capturing somebody else, um, the footage quality goes up. So I do try to make sure that there's a portion of that. Um, but that being said, I can't do it for too long because then I start getting messages like, I'm tired of the group hunts. Um, when are you just going to go hunting by yourself? But on the other hand, you know, when I do too much hunting by myself, I get the comments, be nice to see a kill shot, you know, um, <laughs> be nice to see uh pottery, you know. So I mean. You got to do a little bit of everything to make folks happy, I guess. But I do enjoy hunting with a small handful of handful of folks. Um, so we do usually share some spring, you know, mornings. And um, a lot of times I'm focused on trying to get some at least decent footage at that point in time. I think, you know, kind of looking back to some of the, some of the years past uh, when, when you've had, you've had, you know, the moment of truth comes and, you know, You'll whisper into the camera, oh, I'm not going to get this on camera. Sorry about that. And you know, you'll shoot this turkey and, and the camera's like on a log or on a field or a tree or something, you know, and, and I always, and, and I always appreciate that because I know what it's like to be there where it's like, I'm not moving my hand to turn that damn camera. I don't care about it. You can hear it happen. I'll tell you about <laughs> it. I'm not moving. So as a turkey hunter, I appreciate that. These other people that are sending those messages, stop it. So stop, just relax. Yeah, there's just a tiny little delay. So it's just like, you know, when you're a kid, you're talking on a walkie-talkie, you say over, and then you wait, and then, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm waiting for a split <laughs> second after you after you finish. So yeah. Gotta love, gotta love the internet, man. Um one of my, you know, for for the for the people, you know, listening to this that that might not have seen many uh Penhody project seasons, I've watched a couple of, you know, all the way through. Uh and one of the one of the things that makes me laugh, and and I don't know what to call it other than your descent into madness uh, throughout the spring, and it's you know your 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 eyes start sinking in, you look tired, you look hungry, and you're just burning it at both ends. So that's uh that's got to be a good a good feeling <laughs> when when you get done, you do it all over again. But I just I really I always laugh at those man when I when I see it just. You you you're you're spry and 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 rosy cheeked in the spring in Florida, 
And then you get to like Vermont and you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely a long, drawn out grind and, and um, wouldn't trade a minute of it. And everybody's like, man, you've got to be ready for it to end. And I will never be ready to get, let go of a spring. Um, my body may be, but my, my mind is always sharp and ready to, ready to, you know, take on a new morning, new day. But, um, but yeah, it is funny watching that process. And usually this time of year, I'm starting to get into those end of the season hunts and I'm looking at that camera and I look at that camera every flipping morning, like I promised I would in 2018. Um, and I can look at my face and I see the sunken in black holes below my eyes and I see my, I look thin and Courtney's always like, you show up and your skin and bones and, you know, you, you drag yourself back into the, back into the house with the, you know, by the skin of your teeth, it seems like every season. And, um, I wouldn't have it any other way, but, um, that's just, you know, that's just part of the, part of the process and, um, something you got to prepare for. I mean, people that, if you work a, you know, a normal nine to five and you're used to eight hours a day and you just flip a switch and you dive into that type of lifestyle, um, it's, it's different. You really got to prepare yourself, your body, your mind. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's something to, it's a dream for me and it'd be a dream for many people, I'm sure. But, um, it's definitely not, not all rainbows and unicorns, I promise. Yeah, this was the first year for me that my my turkey season started in March and it ended, you know, the last couple of days of May. And by the end of it, man, I, I had like mentally I had nothing left. Physically, I had nothing left, but I would have done it for another 10 weeks if I if I could. And uh, you just, you know, you, you hate to see it. You hate to see it end, but, you know, it, it has to. And. You know, I, I was Googling like, you know, turkey hunting in, you know, Vermont and just see how many, you know, okay, how how far is it? You know, I got five more days up there. I could probably get up there. My wife's like, just stop, man. <laughs> just just take a breather. <laughs> so, but no, that's 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 yeah. good. I'll, I'll tell you what, man, I've really enjoyed kind of the, the, the front half of this. Um, you know, just uh, just about you know, like the 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 heart and soul of a of a turkey hunter. And you know, I I, I wanted to talk to talk strategy with with you you know, on, on the turkey hunting side of it, not just like the emotional side of, of turkey hunting. And I feel like that would almost be a disservice uh, to this talk, but we're going to do it a little bit, just a little bit. And then, uh, you know, cause that's what people, people were here for. So one, the, the one strategy that I want to talk about, and, and I'm going to show this to you. I had, I had a list. I didn't know you see this. That's all the like strategy topics that, that I wanted to talk about. We're going to throw that away. The one, the one thing that, that just, that eludes me as a turkey hunter and and i think it's just part of the game but it's it's when you're when you're locked in that battle man and for me it's just like it's just trying to there's so there's the woodsmanship aspect of it it's it's where that tom is just you know he's not ready he's not quite ready and and i i've heard you say it before like i'm looking for the turkey that wants to die and it's for me it's like figuring out which turkey wants to die and it's just kind of that like that that moment in the woods where you're like, okay, do I move now? Do I stay here? You know, what do I do? So it's that moment where you're dealing with that really hard to kill Turkey, which are all hard to kill. So like, what do you, what do you do, man, for like, when you're trying to figure out, like, am I in the right spot? And I mean that literally, like, am I in the right spot? Is this the right Turkey? Um, 
so we're asking about how we can tell when we we kind of interact with the turkey whether he's the one that we need to spend time with or yes. a lot of a lot of different factors going to come into place there um uh, we'll throw a few examples out there like florida if i find a turkey in florida i'm after him end of story because the uh populations are are typically pretty thin out there um so we're going to uh treat that turkey like i don't know like a he's fragile basically because we don't want to bump him because he may get somewhere where we can't find him again um we may kind of gear down we're not quite as aggressive if i'm in somewhere like if i'm in iowa or if i'm in missouri or even north alabama or south alabama or georgia somewhere where i think the turkey populations are a bit more dense then i may be a little bit more aggressive um and if i push in on a turkey and you know i can tell he's got hens he's not gobbling he's not being very responsive he's only shot gobbling once every 20 or 30 minutes um if i feel like the turkey population the densities are there for me to go on down the road and um, find a turkey that's going to be more cooperative then that's what i'm going to do um so it's kind of a, uh, a situational it's all depending on um how many turkeys you're around and uh the likelihood of finding another one um most of the time we are um we have the luxury of of hunting areas kind of throughout the country that have pretty adequate turkey populations. Um, you know, they're like I said, I mentioned Florida. Not that Florida's having some population, um, you know, issue. I don't believe it's just that that's just the nature of Osceola turkeys. Is they're pretty thin. Um, the the terrain that they they live in is thick, so that you got to be on top of them to hear them. And that's probably got more to do with it than there being fewer turkeys. It's just as harder to flat out harder to find them. So when I do find one, I'm going to devote more time to that one turkey, even if he's acting ornery per se, um, because I think it's going to require quite a bit of time to find another one. Um, and that has a lot to do with it. Um, but just kind of going back to more, maybe a no more, uh, generic uh, situation, which I think is what you were referring to. Say, if I'm in Missouri and I um, hear a turkey off the roost, I move in and I set up on this turkey. Um, he's gobbling really good off the roost. And then the closer I get, the more I understand why, because I can hear some little hen talk around him. And I figure out he's being provoked by hens. He flies down. He's not very responsive to calling. Um, basically, I'm painting this picture in my mind without actually having to see the picture. And that picture is the turkey roosted right with hens. He flew down right with hens and he's going to follow those hens around all day. Um, I could devote the day or perhaps several days to figuring out where the hens are going, what they're feeding on, getting, get in front of them because no turkey is impossible to kill. Um, but I may look at what I have in front of me and go, okay, it may take me two days to figure this turkey out because he's not going to give me enough you know, he's not going to gobble enough for me to keep tabs on him. It's going to be more of a looking for sign and following them game. Um, or I could pick up shop. I could hit this long, narrow ridge here. And by the time I cover another mile, I most likely am going to find a two-year-old turkey or a turkey that doesn't have hens with him. And he's going to be more cooperative and he's going to play the game like I would rather play it. And that's what I'm going to do in that situation. Um, trying to figure out when to pick up and move shop and when to kind of stay 
oh, that's such an experience thing. It's just kind of a feeling that you get, maybe call it a gut feeling, but um, it's just so many factors that that come into play there. Um, and I think experience is going to be that. And that's, that's you know, that's going to be a redundant statement. I mean, experience, there's no substitute for it. You can't buy it. There's only one way to get it. Um, and that's the answer for so many of these tactics and strategies and how to know when to do what. Um, we can all lay down some baselines and we can lay down some tendencies that turkeys have or what we've found through our experience. But until you get out there and you and you and you kind of live through it, then you can't build that experience bank to make the decisions that you'll need to make. But um other than that, as far as knowing when to, you hear me say it in these videos a lot. You just got to know when to hold them and when to fold them, you know, and um, trying to think off the top of my head, any other times that I would think to leave a turkey. Um, and a lot of times it may have quite a bit to do with what time of year it is. I think it's a pretty known, you know, fact that early season is pretty tough, especially in the states that open earlier, you know, in Alabama, Mississippi. Um, it's a reoccurring theme that when you deal with these early season turkeys in say Mississippi, um, they can be pretty doggone tough early in the season because they're still flocked up. You're still dealing with usually a couple gobblers together. They still got a pile of hens. Um, pretty lethargic as soon as they hit the ground in the mornings often. Um, so you do a lot of trolling just trying to find that one turkey that's been kicked out or that that one turkey that's kind of been pushed away from the flock or uh, a lot of times that early season stuff just got a lot to do with luck. The more time you spend in the woods, you wind up in front of a small flock of turkeys and you're able to be in the right place at the right time. So um, so those early season situations, I do expect to, to find more turkeys that I need to leave and more turkeys that I just need to drop a pin and remember where they're at. And if I have the luxury of coming back in, you know, a week, 10 days, then I will to see how many of those hens that he had is is has moved off. So probably a long-winded question, but that that question has so many different avenues to address as to knowing when and when you want to leave one and when you want to stay with one. Yeah, that's the that's the hard part with with doing a podcast uh that's, you know, how to hunt turkeys because with with deer hunting or elk or, you know, waterfowl, there's there's all of these environmental factors that that predicate the movements of these animals almost like religiously. Right. I mean, we, we can look at a map and say, okay, you know, with all the slope angles and the wind and, and you know, transition zones and say, okay, there's a high chance that they're going to be deer here all the time. And they're very, they're very, uh, you know, regimented in their movements. And then with turkeys, it's just, it's like, uh, you know, you look at like a, a an amoeba under the under a microscope and there's all these little things going over. That's just, I feel like that's how turkeys are. They're just they're always, you know, where are they at? Everywhere. They could be anywhere, literally anywhere. I mean, obviously, there's areas that they're going to prefer. But so that's such a hard question to answer. And I, always, I like hearing everyone. Everyone has a different answer to that, but it's always the same. You know, I, I don't know. That's that's kind of the answer. Right. <laughs> I don't know. And and but. I love that. I love your response to that question because there's so much nuance to turkey hunting. There's a frustrating amount of nuance to turkey hunting. And that's part well, of the you hit on another topic right right then about weather. I mean, in conditions. Um, 
if I know where a flock of turkeys is on a pretty day, I might not be able to determine where they're going to go. And, um, uh, but say, you know, the situation that we just spoke about, we get in on a turkey, we hear him gobbling, he's got a flock of hens. And I say, you know, it may take me two or three days to scout and kind of follow them and read the sign and figure out where they're going to be to get in front of them. But if it's raining the next day and I know kind of where that flock of turkeys is, and then I know where there's a nice wide open roadbed or a hilltop field or something, I may say, you know what, with given the conditions of it being wet and me knowing the tendencies of turkeys of wanting to be able to use their eyesight more when they're wet, um, that field may be where they're going to be. So while I wouldn't have hunted that turkey on another pretty day, I wouldn't have hunted that flock of turkeys on another pretty day if I was given a lot of rain or heavy winds and I had to hunt with my eyes, then maybe I would go back and hunt that flock of turkeys because that way I would I would have a hint, you know, I would give, be given a clue. Um, so just another example of of being situational. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great point. What what so let's talk about weather here real quick because that's one thing that I mean frustrates every hunter on the face of the planet. You hear these old wives shows, well, they don't gobble on an east wind or they don't gobble when it's windy. And and I've been out in the turkey woods where I'm I'm walking out or driving out, I'm like this is a turkey killing morning. I mean, I feel like the weather's perfect, the sunrise is beautiful, birds are chirping, and then it's just complete silence. And so the question is, well, why are they not gobbling? I don't know. That's the answer, right? So yeah, when when you've got these like weird, weird fronts that that go through, and you know, here in Ohio, you know, one day in you know, mid-April, it could be 75 and sunny and a light breeze and it's beautiful. And the next day it's it's 22 and it's spitting snow and it's a 13 mile an hour wind. And you know, during turkey season. So how do you react to those to those just extreme changes in weather? Um I think I've said it before. I always there there's a there's a weakness to every day. Um, if it's a pretty day, oftentimes it's the it's the turkey's uh, desire to gobble. If it's a it's a day I can hear really well, then I'm going to use that to my advantage, being able to use my ears and, and put myself in the game by listening to them gobble. If it's a day where I'm not going to be able to hear gobbling, if it's a windy day, then that's going to have me hunting with my eyes. It's going to have the turkeys relying on their eyes even more. And that's going to give me the ability to move a little bit more aggressively because of the woods are moving. Um, so I'm going to know there's going to probably be a, li- a bit more crawling and sneaking and hunt like a coyote, so to speak, when it's on a heavy wind day. Because I have all the motion in the woods to kind of ha- help conceal my movements, conceal my noise. Um, if it's a rainy day, I know the leaves are wet. I can do a lot of moving without making a lot of noise, without you know getting attention toward me. I know the turkeys are going to be in the field. So there's so many little bitty things that the weather is going to allow you to kind of capitalize on. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how I, that, I, I try to use whatever the weather is going to allow me to do now. Nobody, at least me, um, if given my rathers, it's not going to be windy when I turkey hunt because the way I prefer to turkey hunt is with my ears. Um, I like the auditory, element of turkey hunting is what makes my gears turn. I mean, that's what I live for. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to switch it off if it is windy. I've, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to hunt them regardless of, of, of the weather conditions. But given my rathers, I'm going to want it to be a pretty day to where I can listen and hear and, and move toward a gobbling turkey. Um, 
and that's what I, that's what I, you know, but you just kind of have to, um, yeah, roll with the punches. Are you, are you wanting to kind of dive into each specific weather kind of pattern there? Is that what? Yeah, we can. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. that's a, that's a good topic to talk about, I guess. Um, because it's so like with spring any in, in any state, it's just, it's so volatile, you know? Mm. So, you know, a lot of hunters, if it's, if it's pouring down rain, they're going to, they're not even going to think about going out. I will hunt personally. I will hunt in a downpour before I hunt 40 mile an hour winds. Yeah. That's just me. And I don't know if that's the, the the right move, but the rain doesn't <laughs> scare me. The wind, I absolutely can't stand it. It just, I just get angry the entire time I'm out there. Yeah. So yeah, it's frustrating. Now we'll hit on a couple, uh, we'll just kind of hit some the big weather patterns that we kind of experience. And that's first and foremost is bluebird days, bright skies, high pressures, low winds. Um, everybody's favorite. Um, and in those days, like I said, I'm going to hunt with my ears. I'm going to try to get up high. Uh, I'm going to try to use my ability to hear turkeys a long way to kind of get me in the game. Um, these are the days that I'm probably going to do, um, a lot of moving at, at, at those high points of the, of the landscape to try to, you know, uh, put calls into areas that I think turkeys are living, try to find a turkey that wants to, that wants to play the game. Um, it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, that's the definition. That's what everybody thinks about when it comes to turkey hunting. It gets challenging, like you mentioned, in, in windy days. Um, and there's two kind of ways to tackle wind. And first off, if you're hunting open terrain, you're going to hunt with your eyes. Uh, you're going to get on points where you can glass and kind of find turkeys and, and then hunt with your eyes. Um, it gets really, really challenging when you're hunting areas like I prefer which is wooded settings when you don't have a lot of fields, you don't have a lot of openings and you got to hunt the turkeys in those high wind situations that you in areas that you would typically be hunting with your ears. And that's when you're going to start looking for these uh, like the downwind side of a big ridge system. Um, those turkeys are going to get on that downwind side that we found. They're going to hunt uh, hunker down in the hollows. They're going to still do turkey things. Turkeys are still going to gobble. Um, and they're still going to do the same things they would do if it wasn't windy. You just got to put yourself in a position to be able to, to hear them. And you want to be downwind of the turkey because their gobble is going to travel farther downwind. You wouldn't believe what a what a difference that would make. But you also got to remember that they can't hear you as good. So typically I um, will call more frequently uh, because to where that turkey may have been able to hear you from 200 yards on a, on a normal day or 250 on a normal day, he's only going to be able to hear you at 150 yards on a windy day. So I'll increase the frequency that I'm going to call as I'm moving. And then I'm going to try to target those downwind sides of the ridge systems and the hollows, the lower areas. Um, I expect turkeys to kind of spend more times in bottoms on that day if they're in a wooded setting. Um, then we can kind of move over to a rainy day. Um, rainy day here again, it's all going to depend on if you're in an open setting or if you're in a wooded setting, turkeys are going to seek out open terrain. If it's raining, I don't care which setting they're living in. If it's in a wooded setting, they're going to kind of target woods roads. I've seen them spend all day in old logging roads and, you know, anything that's going to give them that site advantage. Um, and, uh, so I'll target those areas. I'll target, uh, hilltops that I know are open. Um, that doesn't have a lot of mid-story so they can watch for predators um, and also easily have that advantage of jumping off the top of a ridge and getting the wind beneath their wings and kind of escaping danger because a wet turkey takes considerably more time to get off the ground than a dry turkey does and they know that so they're going to get to those areas where they can take a few bounces and jump off a 
you know, a ridge, a, a mountainside and, and get that wind beneath their wing. So I'll look at those areas. Of course, if you're hunting open terrain, it's more a glassing game again. And those turkeys know they're heavy. They're going to get in those big open um, expanses so that they can really use their eyes to see danger coming and um, and avoid it, you know, with a little extra time. Um, and the only other weather deal that I think is overlooked sometimes that that I, we, you know, you kind of have to get build some strategy around, that's extremely hot weather. That's when it gets, you know, upwards of 90 degrees, 100 degrees. These turkeys are walking around with a coat of feathers on, so they get hot. Um, and targeting turkeys uh, in the shade and knowing that turkeys are going to avoid open areas in direct sunlight when it's hot like that is um, is another advantage that you can kind of capitalize on. You got to realize like when it gets, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the day and that sun gets more overhead, those turkeys typically dip out of any open areas. So if you've got a turkey that's living around an open area, they want to bug, they want to be out in that open area to look for seeds, um, dry off. If it was, you know, a lot of times if you're dealing with hot weather, you're dealing with heavy dew. And those turkeys want to get dry as quick as possible. So they will hop out in those fields if the grass is short enough to not get their bellies wet. I've found that, um, you know, they avoid that water. They avoid that wet grass. So they're going to be where the grass is thinner or shorter. Um, but when that sun gets overhead and gets hot, they're going to dip out and they're going to be in the shade. They're going to look for a bottom to seek out um, some relief. Um, so that's another weather pattern that you can kind of keep in your pocket like turkeys. They have to deal with the heat just like you do. So I'm um, just thinking about those types of areas that would be more comfortable for you or typically more comfortable for turkeys as well. What do you do for like northern hunters that have those those big extreme changes on the other end where it goes from, you know, mid 50s one day to, you know, upper 20s, you know, overnight and and, and real cold in the morning? I mean, do you see any any impact to turkey activity on on days like that? I will say with certainty that I would rather start a day in the upper 20s than the upper 60s. I'd rather hunt turkeys with it cold. That being said, I despise hunting turkeys in the snow. I just don't like hunting turkeys in the snow. It it just it impedes my movements. It's just loud. It's just crunchy. It's your feet are wet, you know, which I don't mind hunting with wet feet, but cold and wet feet is is a different ball game. But that being said, um, no, um, I would rather it be in the upper 20s and be I'd rather it be on the cold side than the hot side when I'm hunting um like I so I don't think that there's you know you can kind of target these um this you know the slopes that are going to see the sunlight quicker um because I have seen turkeys roost on those sides of the slopes and target those sides of the slopes to uh to take advantage of the sun and warm it up but here again I think direct sunlight kind of interferes with um with their eyesight quite a bit i don't like think they like they can't see as well with the sun in their eyes and they don't have hat bills or whatever to shade the sunlight you know so um i think they avoid those uh that direct sunlight quite a bit and um the only thing i'll say other than that is snow i mean i've hunted in snow quite a bit not a ton i avoid it like the plague um i try to stay away from it but when you do encounter snowpack um, you got to get in those evergreen trees that are going to hold the majority of that snow off the ground. I've, turkeys just live up under them when it comes to to heavy snow um, and target those those areas. Either that, or they're following livestock, elk. You know, they'll they'll get behind a, a 
heard of that. That's got got that. They're just trying to look to get through the snow. Snowpack's pretty tough on a turkey, so they're looking for those areas that's going to have less of it. Just a real a real quick story, and then and then kind of the final final question here. Uh, I was I was hunting in Tennessee this spring, and huge, huge, just massive, uh, you know, public land, and I. Kind of in my my wanderings, I find this this I don't know probably eight to ten acre little hilltop field that had been clear cut. It's just beautiful, and I mean I am miles away from the from the the nearest parking spot, and I'm like I I knew there was a lot of heavy rain the next day. I'm like this is this is it. This is where this is where it's going to come together. And I'm I'm the next morning I get out. I take the you know the five plus mile walk out to the spot, and it's I mean this is three thirty in the morning, you know, and. I see a freaking headlamp walking through the field. I mean, we came into the field almost at the exact same moment. And I was just like, damn, this is it. So, you know, naturally I'm going to walk, I'm going to go talk to this guy. Cause this guy obviously yeah. is, uh, sees exactly what I'm here for. And, uh, we, we ended up talking for about a half an hour, had, had a great time and, and, uh, just kind of went to separate ends and laughed about that. We both found the same because you couldn't see it on the map. Cause I mean, it was just one of those, it was kind of, it was real small and narrow, but it was there. And unless you walked in on it, you didn't know it was there. And, uh, it was, it was cool, but it was, it was just frustrating for both of us. It's like, man, I thought we found like a hidden gem, you know? And, and, uh, there are, there are very few secrets in the age of satellite imagery and on X there's very few secrets now. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. So, so kind of the next, you know, segue into this question, uh, you hunt a ton of private land. What do you do to combat, combat, uh, like hunting pressure, uh, for people? Is it as easy as just, I'm going to go, I'm going to work harder than the next guy, hardest worker in the room. You go four miles. I'm going to go six. Is that, is that kind of your movement? Um, I think you meant to say hunt a lot of public land. You said private land, oh, but, excuse then, me. <laughs> but then you're, you're, uh, description was all public but anyway um a little bit of everything i mean uh there are no golden ticket responses to how do you hunt public land i i've always said i try to approach the land a little different than everybody else i try to stay off roadways but sometimes you just got to stay on a roadway um there are no you know silver bullets here but yeah i try to typically approach the turkeys from a different angle. I try to give them something that they haven't heard before. Um, I mean, that may mean me walking completely through an area to get to the back side of it and work it from the back forward. Um, you know, or, 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 or approaching the area from the steep sides, the area that's going to be most difficult for people to approach it from approach it during a different time of day, approach it during the week rather than on the weekends. Um, just anything that's going to, be a little different than what they've heard before it could be a you know it could be a call choice i think we've um discovered over time that you know some calls aren't used as much by people you know a lot of the um you know you get a lot of people talking about having turkeys respond to like trumpets or wing bones um when they won't respond to anything else and i think that has to do with what the turkey's been conditioned um we got to realize that turkeys don't have the ability to reason um, so it's not like they're sitting on their roost and going, oh, man, that's gravel popping. I'm not gobbling this morning because that guy in that Chevy's here. Like They don't have the ability to do that. But what they do have the ability to do is become conditioned to negative experiences. So if every time they hear gravel popping or every time they hear that three-note owl hoot, who cooks for you, um, they get blown off the limb or they get shot at a couple different times or 
or whatnot, they're going to condition themselves to like, hey, every time this happens, something negative happens. So I'm going to quit doing that. Um, so what we got to do as hunters, if you want to be, you know, just give them something that they haven't been conditioned to not like, to avoid. Um, that happens in everyday life for them. If they go to the same place and get chased by a coyote, they're going to quit going to that same place. Um, or if they have to go to that same place, they're going to be very cautious when they get there. So it's just, you know, life for them. They're getting hunted 365 days a year. Um, so they're nervous and that's why we love them They're, You know, that's, that's what's captivating by them is something that's able to, you know, a bird that's getting hunted by everything. Um, just kind of throws all caution to the wind for that couple months out of the year. And we get to, uh, we get to enjoy that. And I think that's what causes us to be, you know, obsessed with them, but we got to remember that they're getting hunted every day of the year. So they condition themselves to stay alive. And we just got to kind of exploit that as hunters, um, to, um, figure out what they haven't heard or what they haven't seen. So 60 seconds or less. Give me, give me the one piece of advice that you would give to a new turkey hunter. Get out there. I mean, nothing kills more turkeys than time. And it's the only thing that you can't buy more of. So experience will always be the number one teacher. It'll be always be the number one tool in your bag. So get as much experience as you possibly can. And that only comes with, with devoting some time to the craft. Dave, thank you, man. Thanks for your time. Where can people find you on social media and uh, your website? Uh, it's Penhody Project, um, kind of all the way around. So on, on YouTube, I think it says Dave Owens Penhody Project, but everywhere else is Penhody Project on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, uh, and PenhodyProject.com is the is the email. I mean, is the website. So should be pretty easy to easy to find. Same thing everywhere. Good deal, Dave. Thank you so much, man. You bet.